Thank you for joining our broadcast at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. Please take a minute to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us bring God's word to other people. You can go to citylifechurch.cc to find the giving option that works best for you. Thank you again for joining us and enjoy today's message. To 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to talk today from our series, The Doorway. And I want to speak to you today from the subject, Can You See It? Matter of fact, nudge your neighbor, say, can you see it? it. Nudge someone else, say, can you see it? it. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, and there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I perceive this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and turned into the upper room. And lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, a servant, call the Shumanite woman. And when he had called for her, she stood before him. And he said to say to her, now look, you've been concerned with us for all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what can be done for her? And Gehazi answered, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So he said, call for her. And when he called for her, she stood in the doorway. She stood in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. Last week, we started this series and we talked about the power of of a doorway, when God opens a door in your life and what lies on the other side. On Wednesday night, if you're here, we talked about attracting the presence of God. Verse eight says this, that she persuaded him to eat some food. This is what happens. The man of God passes. She likes what she experiences when he's in the region. But she desired a deeper relationship. She didn't just want him to pass in the region. She wanted this man of God in her home. And the Bible said she persuaded. The word persuade means to invite, convince, or entice. She realized the way to any man's heart is through his stomach. And she began to cook food and he must have liked what he experienced because the Bible said every time he came, he turned in there. What if any time God moved, he hit you and targeted you and your family? What if when God began to move, he liked what he found in your life and he said, that's where I want to bless. That's where I want to bless. That's why. See, there are some things that will attract the presence of God to your life. There are some things that will attract God's presence in your life. I'm telling you, desire will attract God's presence in your life. A hunger for God will attract his presence. For the Bible says when I draw nigh to him or I come nigh to him, he comes near to me. I'm telling you, desire will bring the presence of God to your life. Obedience will bring the presence of God. When you just obey what he's called you to walk out in his word, the Bible said obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience will cause the word of God and the things of God to be attracted to your life. Humility, it will attract 
attract the presence of God to your life. For the Bible said the proud, they tumble over, but the, those that are humble, he exalts humility in your life. And when you understand without him, you can do nothing. And without him, you will always fail. Humility will attract the presence of God to your life. I find out unity will attract the presence of God. The Bible said in Psalm 133, where he finds unity, there. Somebody say there. He commands the blessing. Brokenness will attract the presence of God in your life. When you allow him to break you and remold you. For the Bible said he is very near the brokenhearted. I find that when I allow him to break me and remold me, it invites his presence in my life. Prayer will attract the presence of God in my life. Because anytime I begin to speak to him, I realize that he's a speaking God. Anytime I listen to his voice, I begin to hear him talk and it draws his presence into my life. Praise will attract the presence of God. For the Bible said he inhabits the praises of his people. He enthrones himself there. Worship will attract. I love what Jensen Franklin said. Worship is God's address. It's where he lives. Worship will attract the presence of God. Anytime you walk in the realm of worship, you find God is right there. Anytime you open your mouth and begin to worship it's like a magnet that draws in the presence of God generosity will attract the presence of God look at your neighbor and say God does not bless stingy people that's a word for somebody today come on if they're stingy just nudge them and say that was for you if you're stingy look at him say that was for me Generosity, why? Because God allows you to steward well that which he's given you. When you steward your time, your talent, and your treasure, and your testimony well, you become a conduit for the gifts of God and not a reservoir for the gifts of God. If all you are is a reservoir, you find that eventually you become stale and stagnant. But when you are a conduit, God just continually replenishes you. Generosity attracts the presence of God and the things of God to your life. Preparation attracts God's goodness and presence. Why? Because when you get ready for God and you have an excitement about not only what he's doing, but an expectation for what he's going to do. That's why in the Old Testament, building the altar was very important. The stones had to be right. The wood had to be right. The ox and had to be right. Why? Preparation was very important. It lends to expectation. And expectation always invites the presence of God in. Preparation attracts God's presence. Faith attracts God's presence. The Bible said faith pleases God. Faith moves God. The Bible says you and I are the just and we live by faith. We hear by faith. We see by faith. We speak by faith. Faith attracts the presence of God. And it must have worked because the Bible said she enticed him with food. And every time he came in, he turned in. He must have liked what he found because every time he came to the region, he showed up at our house. It when you find out what God likes, you just keep doing it. When you find out that you're worship, he loves it. You just keep worshiping. When you find out your faith produces the things of God, just keep growing in your faith. When you find out that obedience attracts his presence, just keep obeying what God asks of you. When you find out what God blesses in your life, just keep doing it. The Bible said every time he turned in, but then something shifts. After he's in the house, in verse 9, she looked at her husband 
And this is what she declared. I perceive, verse 9, I perceive this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. All of a sudden, something began to open in her spirit. Perception is the eye of the spirit. It's when you begin to see the way God sees. It's when you begin to get a glimpse in your now of a prophetic moment that can change your future. It's when you begin to hear the way God is speaking. She said, I perceive this is a holy man of God. I don't know exactly what's happening, but something is happening in this house. Something big is about to take place. I believe there's some folks in here today. You don't know exactly what it is, but in your spirit, you sense God is doing something. In your heart, you sense God is doing something. In your family, with your children, in your business, in your ministry you just sense that God is about to move you to the next level God's about to move you from glory to glory God's about to open up some you say well pastor it's been a battle then you are a great recipient for advancement in the kingdom because I find out when the enemy comes in like a flood the Holy Ghost shows up every time and takes you to a new place and a new level come on give him honor today now this is what happens The Bible said they've just come out of a famine. And I'm telling you, when you're coming out of a storm or a battle, it's the greatest time to invest in what God is doing. Because this is what happens. The Bible said they're coming out. And she begins to make food for the man of God. He turns into the house and stuff begins to stir in her heart and in her spirit. Perception, that eye of the spirit. I love what Corinthians says. The first Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man or his mind, the things God has prepared for those who love him, those who love him. These are the things God has only revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. This is what he says. He said, God got things beyond what you see, beyond what you've heard about, beyond what your mind has put together. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20 says more than you can imagine, more than you can think of because there is power working on your behalf. He said, I want you to understand there are things out there you've not even seen yet. There are things out there you've not even heard about. There are things that you've not put down. Your own mind has not been able to comprehend all the good things God has for you but by his spirit and the leading of his spirit he is going to reveal those things and she looks at her husband and said I don't know exactly what is happening but I perceive this is a holy man of God perception is that eye of the spirit it's that gift of discernment when you're standing in the midst of a crazy now and you've just come through a messed up past but you believe God's got a prophetic future in your next season because why he's timeless and he's spaceless. What does that mean, pastor? That means he can stand in your crazy now. He can cover that messed up past that's full of disappointment, but all at the same time, he can speak to a future that has not yet come. He said, I don't understand what he's doing right now, and I know we've just come out of a famine, but I know that God is about to do something new. It's kind of like going to the movies. Anybody ever went to the movie, and before the movie, you got a glimpse of another movie? It's called the previews. And those previews are so good because they take special clips of the movie that get you right on the edge. And it makes you go to the movie and spend $93 to get in the movie. (laughs) 
another $93 for two boxes of popcorn, two drinks, and one box of Whoppers. And now you've spent $189 because it was something about the preview that pulled you in. You couldn't wait till it came out six weeks later on Redbox and rent it for $4.99. Why? Because the preview was so intriguing that I had to get to that move. I'll tell you what happens. Here's what the gift of God is in our life as he begins to give us a perception of what he's doing. He doesn't show us the whole movie, but he said, here's a snapshot. And the snapshot is so good. It's going to pull you into a greater season. It's going to pull you in and let you know that your best is yet to come and your latter will be greater than your former. And the goodness of God is already in your future. He said, I want you to know, I'm just giving you a snapshot. Oh, that snapshot was so good. She looked at her husband and said, let's do something. And we're going to talk in the next few weeks about partnership. And we're going to talk about investment. And we're going to talk about the timing of God. And this snapshot was so good. Eventually, the man of God is in the house. He calls for her. And this is what he said. You've been so good to us. And this is a nice house. But can we speak to the king or the commander of the army for you? We've heard about a new subdivision that's going up on the other side of town. Gated community, community pool. Get togethers in the neighborhood. And it's nice. And we've got an inside track and we can get you in on the ground floor. Can we talk to them about moving you over there? She steps back and says, what are you talking about? We've seen a snapshot of this place. We've got a glimpse of what he's doing here. We've got a snapshot of what he's going to do in our future. There's something that we are perceiving that God wants. She said, I dwell among my own people. I'm not looking to move. We're believing that God's going to bless this house and these kids and this business. God's going to turn this situation around. God's going to break through this problem. He's getting ready to do something right here. She said, we dwell among our own people. And then the Bible said he called for her again and she came running. And I love what the phrase said it did not say this the first time she stood in a doorway it was not just any doorway but it was a doorway to the destiny of her life and this is what he said he said get ready this time next year you're going to have a son and she stepped back said man of God please do not lie I knew it was going to be good but not that good I knew it was going to be something special but not that special so many times when God begins to move we settle for second best we settle for good when God has great, we settle for his greatness in our life because I'm telling you, every good thing is not a bad thing. It's just not God's best. I I knew it was going to be good, but not that good. She said, please don't lie to me. And this is what he said. Get ready. This time next year, if some of you could already see yourself in your next season, This time next year, this time next year, somebody needs to go home and write that down. This time next year, this time next year, what he was saying was this old house is about to have new life. And this was the problem. She was old. Her husband was old. Matter of fact, the servant said her husband was old. I think they were being nice to the lady because she made all the food. You know, he's old, but you know, she's really kind. But here was the, the realization of the story. 
They were past the age of producing this on their own. They could not make it happen in themselves. So they needed God to show up on their behalf. And the man of God said, get ready. What's impossible with you is always possible with God. This time next year, you're going to have a son. She said, oh, please don't lie to me. But I love what the next verse said. The man of God did not even have to argue with her because the timing of God invaded the house. You see, the timing of God is just as important as the promise of God and the will of God because you can get a hold of his promise and his will but be out of his timing it said at the appointed time just as the man of God declared she had a son I'm telling you there is someone in here right now God is stirring your heart and he is stirring your spirit and you are perceiving that something greater is on the way I don't know what it is but I know it's out there I don't know what it looks like but I know it's out there I don't know exactly how it's going to happen but I know it's out there and here it is right here you don't wait you get up and you begin to move into it by faith because every step has been ordered every step has been declared every step has already been aligned and it's taking you to greater purpose and greater destiny I know some of you you're stirring but here is the problem you get stirred on Sunday but you lose it by Monday but what if you left today and you rose and said I know in my knower I know in my spirit that my greatest days are yet ahead and good and mercy are already there come on put your hands together jump to your feet this morning in the book of first chronicles it says this that the sons of Issachar you say well who are those guys they were one of the 12 tribes of Israel and they had the gift of discernment the Bible said that they understood the times And they knew what Israel was to do. And all of their brethren were at their command. Now listen, every one of the tribes of Israel had a specific gifting. But all of the giftings were needed to conquer the promised land. See, God wants to bring many gifts in your life. So that you can walk out the promise that he has for your life. They understood the times. This is what they would do. They would take the climate of the day the track of where they had been to give insight to where they were going and what they needed to do where am I at right now where have I been in my last season and all of a sudden it begins to give a picture wasn't it interesting that Just out of a famine, God began to move. Just coming out of a lean season, God begins to stir. And out of this lean season, there was a desire for the presence of God, not just to be in the corporate household of faith, but in their personal house. And she begins to set out things that would attract the presence of God. And what he found, he must have liked because he kept coming back over and over. And as long as the presence of God was in the house, the gifts of God begin to stir and open. And all of a sudden, she looks at her husband and said, I perceive. I don't know exactly what God is doing, but something's happening in this house. 
I don't know exactly why I'm here, but God's got me here for a purpose. I don't even know why I'm in Tampa. I don't even know why I'm in this season. I don't even know why I'm walking where I'm walking. I don't even know why I had to battle the things that I've battled, but God's got me here for a purpose. I don't know why I've had to move through these things, but I do know this, the author and the finisher of my faith, he's got me. I know the one that is the beginning and the end. He's in charge. I don't know exactly what he's doing, but I perceive. I perceive. I perceive. I'm going to ask the team to come and get ready. You know, I thought back, Pastor Mike, this morning. About 11 and a half years ago when me and Casey packed up all our belongings and didn't have many belongings at that time and we trekked to Tampa and had two little girls, a three-month-old and a three-year-old. And we encountered a church that full of beautiful people, but it was an old church, almost 90 years old. Several hundred people at the church, and they were so gracious, but it was just different. I mean, you know, sometimes different seasons prepare you for greater places. We had just left a season where you know, we had planted a church with 30 people. And it was one of those seasons where they just kind of do whatever you, you know, it's just kind of, we're going to start having church on Tuesday. Okay, pastor. You know, it's just kind of one of those seasons. It's just different. We all grew up together. And now me and Pastor Casey came and it was different. We were stretching. They were stretching. We were all growing. But in that growing, it was preparing us for greater places. And I remember about three months in, you know, it was just, you ever felt like you kind of were like a peg out of, in the wrong hole, you know, and it was just one of those times that some of those people are in this room today that were here and they were so gracious, but it was just, we were all adjusting. I remember about three months in, we sat on a couch in New Tampa in our living room thinking, did we make the right decision? You know, we heard you, Lord, we heard you speak, you know, we heard you move, we were flipping through and we saw one of our friends, Pastor Jensen Franklin. He was sitting on a couch with several other ministers. It was a, a gentleman named Marvin Winans from Detroit. Another gentleman we had, I had never really heard of then, his name was Bishop Paul Morton. And Paul Morton began to tell a story. And Paul Morton began to tell this story how just a few months before the levees in New Orleans broke when Katrina hit. He said in a moment everything that he had was destroyed. His megachurch was broken and in disarray. He said in a moment, all of his congregation were thrust all over the city. And he said he was just devastated. So finally the waters rolled back. He said being in the lower night ward, he said he finally got to his massive church building, but it was just in devastation. He said, I sat on the steps of that church as the waters were receding. And in a minute, out of brokenness, I just sensed that God was about to do something new. And he said, I began to sing, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, please don't do it without me. Whatever you're doing in this season, Please don't do it without me. Don't let my circumstance overwhelm my perception of who you are. Don't let my battle overwhelm my perception of who you are. 
Don't let where I'm walking overwhelm the goodness and the mercy and the grace that you possess. And he began to sing this song. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. No, no, don't do it without me. And right in the middle of that, see, she's so good, she didn't even know I was going to tell this story. But listen, right there on a couch in New Tampa, feeling like things weren't fitting, everybody was stretching. All of a sudden, I began to perceive that God had bigger and greater and better things in our future. And I'm telling you, it wasn't months that God began to shift things and move things and move people in and move people out and align things. And I come today to tell you about the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When you understand that there is greater in your future. For some, he took you out of that job because they're is better for your future for some he even brought you out of a city and relocated you and it's felt awkward and like it did not fit but God says it's for your future and I'm I'm believing this that God's about to give some of you a snapshot he may not show you the whole movie it may say fall 2028 Anybody ever seen that? You want to see that movie and then all of a sudden it says, three years down the road, it's coming out. I don't believe it's going to be that long, but I do know this. Good things. Good things. Are worth waiting for. Right things are worth waiting for. And this is what she said. She said, I don't know exactly what it is, but I perceive that if we'll invest in what God is doing and we will partner with what God is doing, that there's greater seasons that we have yet to walk in. And I would tell you today, I don't know exactly what it is for you, but for this house, I perceive that God is doing something. I perceive that he's doing something. I perceive that he's taking us to places and you to places and your family to places and your ministry to places that you've never been. So if that's you, just just slap one of your hands up and say, Lord, it's me right here. I'm ready. If you're really daring, throw the other hand up in the air. Say, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in. And whatever you're doing, Father, I declare today, Whatever you're doing in this season, Father, we just step into it. Whatever it looks like, whatever you got for us, the reason that you've aligned us for this moment and the reason you brought us to this place, the reason I had to battle the battles that I had to fight, the reason that I had to walk through the stuff that I had to walk through, the reason, Father, that I had to sing when I felt like there was no song to sing and I had to trust you when I felt like I could not go on but today I rise and I declare whatever you're doing whatever you're doing Father I perceive you are doing something greater I perceive that greater days and better days and stronger days are in my future 
Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email at info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday morning worship experiences. You can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc and you can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones and tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today and we'll see you next time.